Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, and welcome to another edition of the podcast. Hello, how are you say? I'm your host, Mitch Corbett, and as always, we bring you another fantastic guest on this lovely podcast. Uh, today's guest is uh, Carla Caceres. Uh, I had looked that up uh, so I didn't get her last name <laughs> wrong. Um, she is an uh, independent uh, professional wrestler here in uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, she is uh, traveling around doing it, and she has a very unique story. Uh, she has been training not specifically in one location for professional wrestling, but she's gotten influences from all around uh, Canada and North and uh, America. Um, and she's kind of created this whole identity for, for herself that I think is actually fantastic. And she's one of those few um, people that you see uh, perform on camera and in the ring, you're like, wow, okay, she she has potential to be something very special. So I wanted to get her in on the podcast uh, early before uh, hopefully she blows up uh, later on down the line. Um, so let's get to it. Let's hear from Carla Caceres and uh, let's hear her story. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you today? Welcome to another great episode. Uh, I'm your host, Mitch Corbett, and the podcast is called Hello, How Are You Say? Today we have a great guest. Her name is Carla Caceres. Uh, she goes by the name of Cece Gavis on the independent wrestling scene in uh, Ontario and Quebec and anywhere you can find a wrestling ring, really. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How many times did I fuck up that intro? Let's count the ways. Uh, uno, goes. <laughs> More complicated names. What can I say? <laughs> well, you're you're from you're you are originally from South America, right? Or am yeah, I? I'm originally from Venezuela. Originally yeah. from Venezuela. All right. So my wife is from uh, Santiago, Chile. So that's uh, uh, what we've always bonded when we were training at Tyson's at old school and everything. What? Uh, let's start from the very beginning. I mean, like the move to Canada to get over to and like was it part of your wrestling dream to move to Canada or? Was, did wrestling come afterwards, after you made the move to Canada? Um, wrestling definitely came after. I moved to Canada when I was 11, and uh, it was my parents moving. So I'm here with my parents and my three older brothers. And uh, yeah, wrestling was not something I really, really grew up with. I have uh, from my three brothers, the youngest one, he's always been my little brother, even though he's older than me. Um, but he used to watch a lot of wrestling when we we're in high school. So I watched a little bit with him during the Attitude Era. But really, it was uh, Dale Kilburn, my fiance, who really got me into wrestling. Um, just from him being a fan, he's been a fan since he was a little kid. So yeah, just watching wrestling, I got into it with him and uh, never looked back. Love it. Yeah. What a mistake that has been for Dale to have done that. I mean, to involve one's <laughs> love. <laughs> No, but so like, so like there are, there are uh, parallels to you and like uh, other women who like, you know, they're not huge fans, but then they try it and they fall in love with it. And I think the same can be said for someone like there's, there are a shit ton of women that have never competed in uh, any sort of athletics or mixed martial arts. And then they try jujitsu class for type and they become a mixed martial artist or thing. So what was that? Like, where did that spark come to actually try to get in the ring? Or what were you doing at first just to do it with your partner, with Dale? So really for me, it was, uh, so again, I come from three older brothers. I've always been into the whole, like getting into some sort of martial arts, but 
because I do come from a family with three older brothers, my mom has always treated me like her little princess. And she was always like, nope. My brother went into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at the Renzo Academy in Ottawa. And uh, I really wanted to try it out as well. But we went in, I went in with my mom. She took one look around, saw a bunch of dudes grabbing each other. And she's like, nope, not you. You're not doing this. So I didn't really actually get to do any of that stuff when I wanted to, when I was younger. And uh, well, once I was already leaving with Dale and it's under my own roof, it's my own rules. Like it's my mom's roof, her rules, right? So as soon as I was out and I was interested in trying wrestling, cause I'm like, well, I mean, I don't get punched in the face for real. Well, that's pretty exciting. So sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> well, sometimes you do. <laughs> I do have the parts to prove it, but but uh, no, it was uh, it, it was. Hey, I've always wanted to try this. I have a partner that really loves this and really wants to try it out. So why not? Why not give it a shot and try it myself? And honestly, from the first practice, I just fell in love with it. Right from the first practice, we were about. 12 people that tried out that day and uh yeah first bump and I was like oh man this is awesome like I want to do this <laughs> so so take me back to that moment because like I know as for myself that like as a lifelong wrestling fan that first bump that first time hitting the ropes is such um a euphoric experience like it's so fucking cool it's so much fun but then you go home and your body sore as shit. And you're like, oh God, what did, what have I done? But take me back to that first moment that you got to step in between the ropes and like take that bump and like, like that feeling. So for me, I was actually super shy because I was in Northern Quebec. My French was okay, not great. So I showed up and I, they had asked us to sign up online, but I didn't. I actually showed up last minute. Dale was going out the door and it was his last, chance for me to go with him he's like all right I'm leaving are you sure you don't want to come so I'm like uh, all right I'll go so I grabbed gear and I showed up and I was actually pretty shy because it was all dudes there was one other girl there and uh she was all blue spikes and piercings all over the place and tattoos and I'm like oh man this is a tough chick like I'm in a tough crowd here so I was really nervous but I was wearing a CM Punk shirt because I'm a massive CM Punk fan and so when I got in the ring, I think people could tell, like the other hopefuls could tell that I was kind of shy. They saw the shirt says best in the world in the background and they're like, oh, it's the best in the world in the ring. And honestly, that's what got me right away. It just got me. I was like, I haven't even taken a bump at this. People are cheering for me. I'm like, oh man, this is fun. If this is wrestling, I want in. It was basically my thought, right? So, yeah. I think that's the most understated um, aspect of being a professional wrestler is that like the, there's always that question of like why guys leave and come back or girls leave and come back. It's like, it's not so much the actual like storytelling or in ring stuff. It's the crowd. It's if you can get a crowd to like boo you or cheer you and you can have them in the palm of your hand like this, it is the most intoxicating, addictive thing in the entire freaking world. Absolutely. Absolutely. it's a beautiful great. thing and like you've you now are uh wrestling full-time um but so you started training in quebec and then you've hopped around so like um not to get i guess we can get into it but like you guys are in the military correct you and dale yeah. so yeah. you had to so i i know from talking with other people that is a career that makes you bounce around a lot and that yeah. can be hard for training or for wrestling or anything else. So how do you guys kind of balance that life work style? 
So um, it's actually been more helpful than not being in the military um, because, uh, well, at first, I mean, we were up in Northern Quebec in Saguenay and uh, now it's become a lot bigger. There's a lot more training, but at the time when we started, there wasn't a lot of training. So that was kind of hard being posted up in Saguenay and having to drive down. We were driving down to Montreal, going to train with uh, Drew Onyx at the torture chamber. So we were doing that a lot and it was a five hour drive each way. So at that point, we're kind of like, you know what? we can do five hours, we can do more. So that's when we started going to the US too. We started going to Monster Factory in New Jersey. Oh, wow, and, really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was, that was an amazing time. And from there, really anytime that the military has sent us somewhere, like we ended up going to um, Florida with the military for an exercise. And since we knew we were there for over a month, we're like, okay, Google it up, find a location, go train. Uh, we ended up going to CCW in uh, Fort Lauderdale with Pablo Marquez. Uh, we got to train with him for a while. Then we've also been to, um, uh, sorry, uh, New Orleans as well. We got to train down there with Elevate Pro for a long time too, for like a month. So it has helped us more than not being in the military. Like anytime we get sent somewhere, we're there longer than a month. We'll find a school. We'll train with some new people. We'll get some new styles and stuff. And learn some new stuff for sure do you feel like that having those bits and pieces from every sort of uh, avenue has that helped you in your wrestling career or do you feel like you would have been better off like having stuck with one place and learning the fundamentals and then growing from there i definitely think that we've benefited from moving around for sure um because I mean, it's wrestling, right? It's, it's hard to tell who's the best in the world type thing, right? It's, it's so up for the bait that I like the fact that I've gotten to learn different things from different people. I've learned everything one person's way. And then I'm like, hmm, I don't know that I like that very much. I learned everything else. And once again, from someone else, it's like, well, you know what? Let's say, I don't know, pick a move, snapmare or something. It's like, well, I like the way I did the snapmare better the second time I learned it with this person's technique. So it's definitely benefited me because to me, I think it's helped me pull out the best in every aspect of my wrestling. So, yeah. So how long have you guys been actually like been wrestling now? So it's been about six years, oh, wow. um, okay. but with stopping for about four months with the pandemic. And we also did two deployments with the military at some point. So another six months here and there. So it's been six years on and off with so, a year and a half stopping in there. So that's a good amount of time to have had experience and to have some stories to tell. Um, have you had a, a match or a moment where like all those teachings have kind of clicked for you and it's just kind of, you've had that aha moment in the ring? Um, so, you know what? I think that so far my favorite match would probably have to be that championship match at CBW against Smiley. I think that that's probably my favorite match that I've done so far. And it's not so much what I did, the moves I did. It's just, I think it's the most that I've been able to bring my character with the things I've learned, with the new style that I'm trying to work into my wrestling. Um, and the fact that, I mean, the crowd was so into it. I loved it. I, I, I'm, I'm heel at CBW and they absolutely hate me. It's great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, uh, they definitely bought 
everything that we were putting out. So I'd say that's probably my favorite match where everything has really come together. Um, I struggled a lot for a long time at the beginning of my career with my character, um, just because I'm the Venezuelan vixen. And someone pointed out to me, uh, so what makes you Venezuelan? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I was born there, but it's like, okay, but where is that in your wrestling, right? So since then I've been trying to bring it out and training with Tyson Dukes has really brought a new type of wrestling out to me that I've always wanted. I always wanted to be a more technical grappler than anything. And working with Tyson has really developed that in me. So I feel like I'm, in my character, I would say I'm at my peak right now. I have the wrestling that I've always wanted and my character has finally come out and it's, I, I believe I have it solid, what I want to be and who I am now. So yeah, I would say that match, the CVW match against Smiley, it's probably the best, most Eureka match I've had. Well, that's awesome, man. That's so cool to hear. I mean, that's really, it is, um, and I, I think with you, you have such as this, uh, like, because I, I see you doing the promos online. They're always very good. They're very, you, you draw them in with the mix of English and Spanglish and all that sort of thing, right? And I think that's a, a key thing to do is, right, like you, you, you have to be able to explain yourself before every crowd as a heel so they can give you a reason to boo you, right? Yeah. And you're doing that with the promos online. I'm sure you, do you get any promo time before a match or anything? I haven't gotten any promo time, but I mean, as soon as I come out, I'm just... All right. My, <laughs> my, su my suggestion to you is before every match, grab that microphone and do like a, a quick one minute, two minute promo to the ring and like accentuate your uh, your foreignness, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> and mix yeah. in the Englishness because it's just, it's easy heel heat, uh, in my opinion. But like also with those fundamentals that you're learning from Tyson, you can also be that... Uh, you can have that pompous, arrogant attitude, but you can also beat the shit out of someone now, which is fucking yeah. fantastic. Beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that helps with every sort of like uh, goal of being an all-around performer is having the fundamentals, having the character, and then being able to just put all the puzzle pieces into one puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So with that being said, I mean, you see you're going, you're putting all the puzzle pieces in there right now. Um, was there a time and a point where like it wasn't working out and you thought about quitting and like, cause I, yeah, I imagine there, everyone has that kind of like come to Jesus moment sort of thing. Um, so I've never actually thought about quitting. That has never actually crossed my mind as of yet. Um, there's been times where it's hard, where I have a lot with my work life and then trying to balance wrestling and it gets exhausting. But to be honest, I feel like wrestling has always been the thing that brings me back up. So even if I'm having a shitty week and hey, it's okay because I got practice on Saturday at Tyson's. So don't worry about it. It's going to be great, right? So I, I've never really had that moment with wrestling. I have had the struggle moment though. Like I said, like at the beginning of my career, um, starting in Northern Quebec and stuff and not really knowing what the character is, um, I was like a mute. I, I, they were, we were on local TV and everything. Like my matches were being filmed for TV and everything, but I was this mute wrestler. I didn't know what to say, how to say it. So that was a bit of a struggle for me at first, for sure. Just how to speak. And, um, 
even uh, the fact that I was a face as well. I mean, to me, I find it so much easier to connect with the crowd as a heel. It's like, hey, I can insult you and you hate me. It's super easy, right? As a face, it's like, well, I can't come out and be like, love me because I'm a face, right? Like, oh, that's kind of lame. That doesn't work. So, so I struggled a lot with that at the beginning, not being able to communicate. I, I mean, it was facials. That was it was selling is the only way I could connect with the crowd at the beginning. I didn't really know how to talk to them, what to say. Um, but, uh, but that would have been the most difficult time for my wrestling career. But other than that, yeah, I've, uh, even then I've never thought about quitting. It's something that's never crossed my mind at all. Give us some time. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, but like it, you make a valid point there, like, you know, it's, it's addictive and it is, it is one of those things that we really, like, sometimes like I'm at that point right now where I'm just like I don't know if I can keep on doing it I would love to but time and money is a pain in the ass right now um but you mentioned finding your voice how do you find your voice uh was it like a like was it deliberate was it a deliberate sort of thing where you were like I'm gonna do this and do this to find my voice or was there an aha moment where like oh I should do this and then that's where it clicked um, I would say it was a bit more of a aha moment slash slowly developing, but um, I think that uh, it was at GPW, Got No Pro Wrestling, that it really started to come out, and it was a feud I had against Melanie Havoc, and um, we, it was like the beginning of the, the women's division. Oh, it's a new career. It's a new, uh, sorry, promotion anyway. So, so it was building up, it's building its women's uh, roster. And um, she was the champion at the time. Uh, it was a five, a fatal five-way match for that championship. And the way that the match finished was um, Persephone, who was already eliminated, uh, basically knocked me out and Melanie capitalized and pinned me for the win, right? Um, from that, I was like, okay, well, I'm the heel. How am I going to make this work? Well, very easy, right? I mean, Persephone eliminated me. She was out. So it was, uh, it was, I was able to bring real emotion to it. So the promo that I did on Melanie Havoc, um, on her first title defense, she went against, I believe it was Sally. And so I called her out on it, right? It's like, well, how could you? That's that's my championship. You stole it from me. If anyone should get a championship shot, it's me, right? So it came from it was somewhat of a real place, I guess, that I was able to bring it out. And uh, it was, I guess, the, the upsetness that I lost that championship, really, I was able to bring it. I don't know. That was my eureka moment, I think. When I filmed that promo, uh, even today when I watch it, it's probably one of my favorite promos, the promo I did against Melanie for that rematch championship match so yeah I, I would say that's the eureka moment that i had okay and so now you've had it um like six years that's a good amount of time so like you're traveling now you're working with everyone uh what are those interactions like when you're wrestling other people from other other women from other promotions or even other men now uh, transgender or not trans intergender wrestling is a thing sort of thing uh like with your not only not only do you have like wrestling experience but you also have this uh, shit ton of life experience too so how beneficial is that for when you're planning your match or interacting with other uh, professionals from other areas um it's uh it definitely helps the fact that uh like i mentioned i've been trained at different places it really does help because it's uh it helps me adapt to different people's styles 
and uh, and the life experience that you mentioned. Um, I've moved, at least in my personal career in, in the military, I've moved a lot more into a uh, mental health type area and I'm trying to understand the way people interact and stuff, right? So I find that that's also helped me a lot with how I interact with people when I'm building a match, right? Um, I used to struggle at the beginning of my career. Again, as a rookie, you don't want to overstep and uh, you're building a match and whoever you're fighting with are like, oh, let's do this, this, this. And you're just like, okay, sure. You're the vet. Like, even if you kind of question it, you're not sure. But, um, and I guess, again, it's a matter of experience and time that now it's like, okay, um, I'll work with people and maybe they'll propose something that I'm like, well, I don't really agree with that. How about we tweak it and we do it this way instead, right? It's not, I'm not taking away from your idea because again, back to the interacting with people, I don't want, especially rookies, like uh, Miley is fairly new. I think that was her second match that we had that championship match. Um, I don't want to shut down any of her ideas. She's developing. She's in that developmental stage where she's building her own matches. So I definitely try to not completely take out things that people bring up to a match. Even like triple threats, uh, fairly complicated to build. I had one recently at SVW. And again, it's a matter of, okay, now we're three girls. We got to make all our three totally different styles. We had a luchador, we had a Quebec girl, and then we have me who I'm trying to become more of a grappler, technical wrestler. So I was like, okay, how are we gonna build this match? And it's a matter of communicating and again, adapting, right? I think that um, the fact that I've trained in so many places really helps a lot to adapt to different techniques, different styles of people, and really how to even take their moves and stuff, right? There's a lot of moves that are unique to different areas. I mean, uh, the way people wrestle in New Jersey is different from the way people wrestle in Quebec to the way people wrestle here in Ontario. It's it's kind of different all over the place. So so yeah, it's, it's helped a lot. The experience that going all over the place, it's helped a lot to adapt and overcome and, and try to put up the best match as possible. And like, does it help knowing uh, from your military experience that if things go awry that you can legitimately kill someone or? <laughs> um, so really, honestly, the most uh, physical combat training I've ever done is wrestling. Absolutely. Far by far. I mean, with the military, I've learned to use weapons and definitely I, I've learned a little bit to defend myself. But I mean, Tyson Dukes has taught me way beyond anything I ever even knew I could learn and so so yeah no when it comes to actually defending myself with this these two things yeah I would uh, I would give credit to to Tyson and his training on how he's got me there for sure <laughs> it's such an underrated um it's such an underrated skill that I think a lot of people don't have like a lot of people in wrestling in my opinion will like be like, oh, I'm a tough guy because I'm a professional wrestler. And granted that it takes a certain level of toughness. I'm a tough guy because I wrestled for a little bit, a teensy little bit, a smidge of a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm out, out and right, tough, tough, tough. But, you know, that experience allows me to say that just a little bit. But then there is a certain level of like knowing those grapples and knowing how to submit someone, knowing how to, you know, actually take someone down and win a fight that makes you so much more tougher than someone else and you have this background with your military experience and you're now Tyson Duke experience and Monster Factory in New Orleans I mean the sky's the limit for you right now and I think what's incredible about this story and what this journey is that like 
you've been doing it with your partner, Dave, the entire time. So how beneficial has it been? Like you mentioned that you've had some struggling moments. How beneficial is it to be going through this journey with him the entire time? It's definitely made both our lives so much easier. I mean, even like you mentioned, Monster Factory, like, like I said, those were long drives. We're driving all the way from Saginaw to Monster Factory. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I think it's about like 18 hours or something like that, maybe more, I don't know. It was a long drive, all I know. But uh, I mean, for sure, I wouldn't have been able to do those drives without him. Like it's been absolutely each supporting each other, even um, different companies that have called each other up, like NSPW in Quebec called him up first. And uh, because he was there, I got a chance to wrestle for them too. And same thing with me, right? At uh, Cam Valley Wrestling, I was there first. Well, he got a chance to come in and wrestle for Cam Valley as well. So, um, and also as managers, managed each other. It's It's been, it's definitely made our lives a lot easier. I would say most of all the drives. And then, I mean, at home, if we are confused about something we learn, it's like, wait, so how did we get into that? Okay, hang on, come here. And then we'll, we'll test it on each other, right? So it's it's another benefit that we absolutely have that, yeah, being a wrestling couple, it makes our lives way easier for sure. Is your, is your living room just like a couch and then spaced out TV and then like a square area where you guys just grapple and wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We uh, we did have uh, we do have a wrestling mat though that Dale bought like a few years back, so we can do some grappling stuff. So we do have a mat, but it's downstairs for the workout stuff, <laughs> not the living room. <laughs> if only that room could tell some stories. I mean, what? what <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, I mean, Dale is doing it too. You're doing it too. I mean, are there any like how beneficial is it? I mean, we talked about how it is beneficial that you get to do with him. But I mean, like in terms of creativity, I mean, you guys are two very different people at the same time too. Like Dale is one of the strange characters I think I've ever met in my entire life. And I've worked on cruise ships and kitchens and some of that, but he is just a, a breed of his own sort of thing. So I imagine that allows some sort of a back and forth or creativity in terms of like calling matches or ideas for characters, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so um, we don't, I don't think we influence each other's characters very much, but we definitely run the test by each other first, right? Like, I'll think of my promo and be like, okay, this is what I'm planning on saying, what do you think? And I'll definitely listen to his feedback and tweak things a little bit, and same thing for him, right? It'll be like, oh, well, or even like, well, what do you think about if I uh, do this move and then do that? Or what if I stand like this? What if my entrance looks like this? Like we always run stuff by each other like that a lot. Um, but uh, I'd say that's as far as it goes really, because because like you mentioned, we are very different characters. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to wrestling, we're, yeah, we're totally different. I mean, he's hilarious. I'm just kind of mean, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. That's, we, your, that's your tag it, team it, name, by the way, mean and funny. I mean, it's funny. I love it. <laughs> For when you do yeah. those uh, intergender matches or uh, uh, intergender matches, like uh, mean and funny is the tag team name. <laughs> the entire time he's just trying to make you laugh. You're like, stop it. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like you are now, you won the championship at Kem Valley Wrestling. Uh, you mentioned it wasn't your first title. So how, what are your accolades right now? 
Um, so currently, I'm only currently CBW champion, so Kim Valley champion, but I was previously uh, Gatineau Pro Wrestling champion, um, and I have my rematch match on November 17th for that. Um, I also was the Adirondack Women's Champion in uh, Northern New York, in Messina, New York, and uh, and that's it, just three championships so far. So... I have some experience and I've always been told belts don't matter. And obviously that's a thing. Um, but winning your first singles belt, take me through that experience. Cause uh, as a fan growing up and as a person like yourself, like you're getting to, that's a cool moment. That's a big thing. I mean, eventually you'll move on to bigger and better things, but like take me back to that, that, that moment that you win your first championship. Yeah, so the first one I won was the Durandak one in Northern uh, New York there, Messina, New York. Um, and I was super shocked for sure. I was like, really, the Canadian girls are gonna win this championship over the American that's there, ready to wrestle, right? Um, I was really shocked. It was very exciting. It was, uh, I, I was heel again at this, uh, at this promotion and uh, it was uh, definitely interesting because it was a, um, a fundraising promotion or, or the show itself was fundraising for mental disabilities and mental health and stuff like this. So now me as the heel, um, it was uh, one of the most uh, shocking things I've done on the microphone, I would say, uh, because they got um, one of the, the, sorry, the announcer, one of his children um, has, uh, I think it was autism, I forget what it was, but he, like a high functioning autism child. Um, so they got him to announce the women's match. And when he announced the women's match, he announced me coming in and everything. And I'm like, well, I'm the heel and he mispronounced my name. So this is when I took the microphone and proceeded to tell all of the Messina hillbillies about how terrible they are and how this pity party that they elected this child to say my name. So I was really abusing this uh, mental disability people. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, really interesting at the time when I was doing it just because everyone's hating me so much and I'm like well you guys suck and all this right but afterwards right I win my championship I'm all excited everyone hates me it's great and all I could think about was where is this little boy I gotta go find this little boy and make sure he's okay because oh my goodness I'm talking about how he's so stupid and this pity party and I'm like oh my goodness so um yeah I mean I'm thinking about my championship and the fact that hey I'm the champion but I'm still thinking I'm like oh my goodness this poor little boy I can't leave this like this you know like let me go find this boy and then let me celebrate my championship <laughs> so I'll tell do you want I'll, I'll tell you a story um, so when I was wrestling in Newfoundland, there was this uh, guy that was in a wheelchair and he had some sort of disease there and that put him in a wheelchair. Anyways, I had a Facebook thing, Facebook profile and everything. I was the big heel. I was the mainlander. I was coming from, you know, Ontario to Newfoundland, blah, blah, blah. And he started talking shit to me online. And then I would go back and then he came back and he always had these great fucking comebacks for me. I'm like, shit, how do I fucking roast this guy? And so I was like, all right, next show, I'm going to fucking ask, ask him to come into the ring and like, oh, wait, no, you can't. Sorry, bud. And then like just rip on him for a little bit, right? 
just to get over the heat and everything. And, uh, and I told my boss, like we were driving to an event to do like a, a, a film and I'm, I'm film some event, whatever. And I tell him, I'm telling him the story and like, I'm trying to figure out things I can say to this guy that's in a wheelchair. That's not super offensive, but also still at the same time, you know, gets me back, gets back at him sort of thing. And then I get a text message at like 10 PM that night. And he's like, Hey, you're not actually going to make fun of a person in a wheelchair, are you? Because I mean, that'd be against our company policy. <laughs> I was like, no, come on. No. First, first off, the, the guy's a huge fan. He would love being made fun of from the show and be a central point of the show. It's like, it's it's weird how people don't understand, like, it's all a show. It's not actually real. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I got to go, uh, I was at Shimmer once, and uh, I got to see Mercedes Martinez just destroy this little girl with cancer and it was unbelievable she's just talking about how this little girl's just lazy and cancer's nothing and all this and it's like oh my god the crowd just hated her it was a beautiful thing <laughs> but of course afterwards I mean the little girl was living the dream right she's getting insulted by Mercedes Martinez who doesn't want that right <laughs> but no it's great it's great it's wrestling it, it's wrestling is such uh like whenever someone like comments negatively about it i'm always just like you gotta go to a show in person you have to see it in person to understand it and really enjoy it um what you see on tv is not what it's that it's like uh going to see a show like shakespeare a very level form of shakespeare but you know you're going to see live entertainment there's good guys bad guys storylines all between and it's such a unique uh, and beautiful art form that uh, you know it's hard not to love um and you're doing it now and like is there an end goal for right you? Are you just enjoying it right now? Or do you have a goal of like AWWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, whatever sort of thing? Or are you just kind of like enjoying the trip? Um, definitely enjoying it for now, but I would love to go to Impact. Impact somewhere is where I want to see myself someday for sure. Uh, I mean, I'd love to get to AEW as well. I mean, WWE, I, all these companies, amazing. Um, I did have two tryouts with ROH before, uh, but unfortunately, as we know, ROH is uh, kind of- On hiatus. It's on hiatus. It'll come back. Exactly. Um, but, um, but yeah, Impact is something that I've had um, kind of in sight probably for the last two, three years. Um, yeah, it's not something I looked at very much at first, but- I absolutely love their women's roster. I've loved it for a while now. Um, I love Sue Young, Rosemary, all these girls that are in there. And now I'm seeing, again, Mercedes Martinez is there too. Like, oh, I'm very excited for Impact. I'd love to make it to Impact. And we just saw Speedball Mike Bailey at time by Impact. Like, oh, it's very exciting. I think that that's one company that's on an upswing right now. And, uh, oh, I'd love to be part of that for sure. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like the job and the career and settling down, I mean, like, are you guys in your home spot now or are, will the military take you elsewhere? Oh, they'll probably move us again. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so again, being in the military, you get moved around uh, basically when they need to move you around. Whenever the need uh, comes up, they'll move you to wherever you're needed. Um, however, I think we've been here since 2019, so I think we still have at least a few more years here, and really, I'm hoping to stay here as long as possible. 
And uh, and I mean, if MFAC gives me a call and says, hey, come wrestle for us full time, I'll be like, okay, bye, new job. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes, right? I mean- well, I think the benefits of what you're doing now is that you have that six years experience, you have that uh, life experience, uh, you have uh, experience from so many different promotions and trainers. And uh, if you're, if the goal is impact, I mean, you know, a guy that knows a guy, I'm sure. Being the candidate for sure. Um, but you're doing the hustle. Like, so take me back. We're going to go back a little bit more. Is that like, we talked about your first time entering a wrestle ring. Uh, what was your first time ever actually seeing a show in person? And did that kind of like change your, your entire, entire mindset towards wrestling? Um, yeah, so um, I'm going to take it back just a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, so basically, like I said, Dale's really the person that got me into wrestling. And the way it happened was we're just at home watching TV and uh, he's flipping through channels trying to find something and he stopped at wrestling. And there's this guy in the middle of the ring with a microphone talking a bunch of shit. <laughs> and then eventually he looks at me, he's like, oh, sorry, I'll change that. I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on, this guy's pretty funny. Let's see what he's got to say. Turned out it was CM Punk. So of course it was priceless. It was a beautiful promo. Um, so since then I started watching it like on TV with him, right? We'd start watching it religiously. And then we'd start talking about it at work. Someone at work mentioned, hey, you guys know that five minutes from your house, there's a promotion that that shows on a weekly basis, right? And we're like, what? No way. So this is where we went for the first time. It was JCW, Don't Care Championship Wrestling. And uh, yeah, we went to watch it and it was crazy to me. It was a crazy thing. The crowd in Northern Quebec, um, I would say it's like no other, no other. These people are just so into it. When they love you, my God, they love you. When they hate you, these people want nothing to do with you at all whatsoever. You have little six-year-olds giving you the finger. Like it's incredible. <laughs> but um, so again, it was a matter of the crowd, man. And we went to the show and of course the show was great, but the crowd just drew me in so much that I was like, oh, this is amazing, right? Like, so it was, JCW was the first time that we really went. And then since we loved it there so much, we started going to live events from WWE and it was just incredible. They're just amazing to watch it live. It was a whole different experience for sure. Totally different than the watching on TV. It was great, yeah. And so you've had all these great moments, uh, both in the ring, outside of the ring. Um, what is like everyone's always like oh what's your favorite match like, what is your favorite wrestling moment oh wow moment eh uh-huh wow you stumped me um <laughs> you know i just feel like that match against smiley is so fresh in my head and it was such a good match that so at least in that match i can think of one moment it's actually no, I mean, really good I I mean, like, as a fan, like, just as a moment that, like, got oh, you as... Watching it. Oh, oh, my goodness. Well, oh, that's We've already talked one. about your career so much. I mean, let's yeah, talk exactly. about your fandom, shall we? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, I would say Seth Rollins takes a few of my favorite moments. Uh, one of was, for sure, when we're watching WrestleMania. I think, what was it? WrestleMania I think it was 31 or something. 31 yeah something like that right and I totally forgot Mr. Money in the Bank man because it was like great here we go again Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns wins great 
repeat, right? And then Seth Rollins came out and I was like, oh my God, I forgot that Seth Rollins was coming out. Like, this yep. is incredible. And even, I don't know if you can see it, but yep. up there, is, is that's Seth Rollins' Money in the Bank. That's that match. He's, yeah, no, that I think that is probably my moment. Yeah. And also Seth Rollins' uh, curb stomp reversing the RKO. Yeah. Oh, or sorry, taking the RKO yeah, reverse. I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> in terms of moments for me, I think uh, what stands out for me personally as a fan are those uh, Los Guerreros uh, trailers when they're lying, cheating, stealing, stealing the baby's <laughs> pacifier and stuff like that. Do you ever oh, see those yeah. ones? Yeah. Like those, oh, like, I, like, I, I, like I do comedy. So anytime there's like humor or, and wrestling involved, it's like two of my favorite goddamn things in the world. But- yeah, for sure. I mean, our truth has been priceless, dude. Our truth definitely takes a few moments for me. Such yeah, an he, under, like, they could literally give him the world title. Well, fuck, now we're just being marks right now, so we're not going to do that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he is amazing, one. The guy just looks younger every year. It's like, how does he do it? It's amazing. He's amazing. Love our truth. <laughs> All right, Carla. Well, thank you so much for being the guest on the podcast. We've been talking for almost an hour. Um, where can people find you on social medias and what shows do you guys have coming up that you'd like to promote? So I have uh, Get No Pro Wrestling coming up November 17th. And uh, I'm not sure what the date is yet, but CBW, I have my first title defense coming up in January at some point. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be very exciting. Um, But other than that, I don't have other shows coming up that I know of yet. Uh, But where you can find me is I'm on all three platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's under CC Galavis under all three of them is where you can find me. All right. Thank you so much. Best of luck with the rest of the career. And I hope to see you down the road. Sweet. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Carla. Um, you can check her out. Uh, she's doing shows all across uh, Canada, I do believe, right now. So check out her Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, to find out those dates. Uh, she goes under the ring name uh, performer, uh, Cece Galavis. And you can find her on Facebook at Cece Galavis. Um, Instagram at CC underscore Galavis and Twitter CC Galavis as well. And I'll, I will put all those uh, um, handles there at the bottom of the bio there. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Carla. Uh, stay tuned for her. Expect big things uh, as the world tends to open up after uh, COVID. And uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Cheers. <laughs>